0: well good morning and welcome to week two of made for more we're glad you guys are here if you were here last week and you're here this week you got perfect attendance in church in 2019 congratulations you're killing it you're crushing the game we're glad you guys are here today for the next four weeks I'm trying to convince you guys that you were made for more that's all I've got that's my agenda for four weeks that you were made for you were made for so much more I'm glad you're here today one of my friends from the gym Mike is here today I'm glad he's here today and I chased him around at the gym. He's, he's faster than me, stronger than me, so I'm always trying to keep up with him. I'm glad he's here today. It's always funny watching people walk in from the gym because they look nothing like they look in the gym. They look a lot better when they get here on Sunday morning. So I'm glad that you guys are here today, and um, I've got a very, very, very awesome passage of Scripture that I'm going to read for you today. I hope that your expectation is high today. I hope that your expectation is high today because if your expectation is high, then you'll get something out of today. I was talking to a friend of mine this week. I said, if you come to church hungry you're going to get full. If you come to church hungry, you're going to get you're going to get full and so we hope that you came we hope that you came hungry today. We believe that we are made for more. God has given us a great vision for our church for 2019. God's going to do something pretty big this year, and we hope that you'll be a part of it. We have an environment that's set up right after our second service day. It's called Next Steps, and it helps you get on board with us. It helps you figure out where we're going and kind of what we're where we're headed. and It lets you know all that you need to know about Hope Church and how you can be a part of the Dream Team and how you can help put all this on every single week with us and how you can be a part of being made for more. And so that happens right after church. We hope that you'll come back for that. Go get brunch and then come back. We'll be here when you get here. It's week two, and if you missed this week, we'll get you scheduled up and get you caught up on week one Um, but that's this week that's today we hope that you'll be a part of that with us we're in our 21 days of prayer pastor Joel came up and communicated that so clearly if you have a prayer request we these prayer requests are coming in and um, I love 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 praying uh, with our church together if you don't have one of these you can download those at hopeintergarden.com or you can grab one on the way out today. But we'd love for you to pray with us and read scripture with us today. God is doing something pretty incredible with our church. Every morning to hop on. we hop online on Facebook Live at 6.30 and, and we're reading the same scripture and we're praying for the same exact thing. This, this Just yesterday we had 20 people from our church come together at our church office. We couldn't even fit all in on our office and we prayed for, for our church. We prayed for you guys. We prayed for your prayer requests that are coming in. So if you have a prayer request, go ahead and send those in to us at 21 Days 21 days at hopewintergarden.com. And um, and we'd love to pray for you today. You were made for more. Last week that was our message. You were made, you were made for more. And the thing that would make you more is for you to know God. You were made to know God. You when you were born and when you were when you when God brought you to this earth, you were made to know him. He he wants you to know him. And we landed our message last week with this idea this day: you need God and you want God. Whether you know it or not, you need him and you want him. And he wants you, and he needs you. He wants to be a part of your life. We have a God who wants to be a part of our life, and we don't have to work to get there. He comes to us. He, he's not hard to find. The Bible says, if you seek him, he's right there. You, you, can, you can find It's not that hard to get God. He, he's right there. And you were, made, you were made to know God. One of our, our vision for our church, for people to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose— and to make a difference. That's what we want everyone to be a part of. That's pretty simple. You can memorize that. I want to challenge you over the next four weeks. Try to memorize it. But everyone can do that. Everyone can know God because God makes himself knowable. It's not even a word. That's how awesome he is. Like it's easy to know God. He wants you to know him. And so he makes it easy for us to know him. But then he wants us to find freedom. Now here's the, ca- here's the, here's the tension with that, is that. Every single one of you guys and me, we all have some sort of hurt, habit, or hang up. Every single one of us we all have something and uh, maybe yours is I don't want to get into what yours is I was talking with a friend of mine today and he goes man I'm just I'm really tight on money I said man I said I I said you know I said well here's what I, here's you have two options you can make more money or you can spend less and he's like yeah he reaches in his pocket he pulls out his dip puts his dip in his mouth I said how much does that stuff cost <laughs> I said just hypothetically speaking I'm, I'm asking for a friend I said how much he goes I do two packs a day that's $10 a day. I said, bro, I'm not good with math, but that's over, that's $300 a day. You could, I said, that's a car payment. It's part of a car payment for most of America, but I said, you could, you could have a nice car for $300 a month. That could be a, that could be some, for some people, that's a, that's a third of their mortgage or a quarter of the mortgage. I said, $300, that's a lot of money. I said, well, you don't need to make more money. You need to quit that right there. He's like, yeah, I know. Pray for me. We all, but we all have a hurt habit or hang-up. I was at dinner last night, um, which dinner is very weird on 21 days of fasting, a day of fast, but I was out to uh, dinner last night with a friend of mine, and she's like, and they were like, hey, what's your struggle? And I'm like, I looked at my friend, I'm like, you don't really know her that well to ask her what her struggle is. She's like, oh, man, I, I come from a long line of addiction. I said, I was like, man, this is, this is intense. She's like, it's shopaholic. <laughs> I said, that doesn't really count. She's like, I've come from, she goes, I get honestly. I've come from a long line of shoppers. I was like, who says that? You know, like, that's our church. Like, I come from a long line of shoppers. We all have some sort of, we all have some sort of thing that, that, that hangs us up. You know, like, we may, we all have it. Maybe yours is, maybe your th- the thing that hangs you up is maybe yours is loneliness. But like, man, I just, I just, loneliness is my thing, or, Maybe it's relationships, maybe your, your hang-up is relationships, maybe every time you get in a relationship, it just it it kind of it kind of nosedives and it doesn't go well. Or maybe you're hang up or or maybe you you have some sort of hurt and you have something that happened when you were 13 years old or when you were nine years old or when you're five years old and, and all those things. But we all have a hurt habit or hang up. And here's the thing, God made for you to find freedom. But the problem is that you were made to find, you were made to know God, you were made to find freedom, but you have no idea how to. Like you, if I told you today, man, you have this hang up, you want to get rid of it, you would say, yes, I really want to, but you don't really know how to, you don't really know what to do. And and that's a lot of us. We don't know how to get rid of it. We don't know how to get rid of that hurt or that habit or that hang up. Or for some, maybe maybe it's addiction or maybe whatever it is, we don't know how to get rid of it because we don't, we don't know. We'd never, we would never went and got any help. Or maybe we never talked to anyone that said, hey, we never, maybe we never ever built a relationship with someone to, that can encourage us or that can help us get beyond, get beyond that, that hurt or that habit or that addiction. Maybe yours is insecurity. Maybe yours is insecurity. You know what I realize about insecurity? I was telling this to my sister-in-law yesterday, but when you're insecure, you believe the worst about people. When you're insecure, you believe the worst about, the worst about people. I'm, I, I like to call myself, I, I, I'm very, very secure in, in a lot of things, and, and I, I, I really feel like I, I believe the best about, I try my best to believe the best about everybody. Like, I try not to judge I try my best not to judge you. I try my best to believe, believe the best about everybody. The, the, as best I can, I want to believe the best about you. But I have a friend of mine that, and she struggles with this insecurity, and it's always, she's everything is always negative. And so it's important for us to figure out what's the thing that holds us back so we can find freedom in that area. So maybe it's not insecurity. Maybe it's maybe it's something else that you have. Maybe yours is pride. Maybe that you're just, you're a very proud for, maybe you're a very proudful person. Maybe it's arrogance. I don't know what your thing is, but we all have a, we all have a thing. Maybe your thing is you love to perform. You love to perform. I kind of think this about our insecurities. For me, I, the way I, you, eventually at some point in your life, you begin to develop the way that you cope with your, with your, um, your insecurity. And so one way that you can, uh, you can uh, cope with your insecurities you can you can kind of seclude yourself. You can, you can kind of pull yourself away. That's a lot of people. You can pull your, you can just kind of, you can kind of just go back and kind of just retract and kind of just go find a good, find a good hole to kind of lie in and to, to stay in there. And you kind of pull back and you don't, you don't want to be on anybody. Maybe your, your thing is the way you cope with your hurt how or hang up. Maybe yours is addiction. Maybe like, man, I, I'm i going to go after this one thing. Or maybe it's addiction to relationships or addiction, addiction to alcohol or to, you find some sort of thing to kind of latch on to. And there's a third one. I, this is, I found out what mine was about a year and a half ago. Mine was Performance. Mine was performance, because here's what performance tells us to do. If we perform good enough, no one will ever know that we're not okay. But the problem with that is that there are people that live long enough, they know that you're not okay, so you can go into loneliness or kind of pull back and kind of go into this kind of withdrawal mode and kind of be all by myself, and I'll, I'll take care of myself, and I'll just build four walls around myself, and, or you can go to some sort of addiction. And then there's this third thing where it's performance, and you, try to, you just perform really, really well. Man, look how good he's doing. Look how good. Man, he's doing so great at his job. Man, look how good he is at sports. Look how good he has at and we try to perform. And a lot of people, that's the way we, that's the way that we cope. And so um I just sense this in here today. I realize this is a this is an easy this is a tougher message than finding freedom. I mean, than knowing God, because God's awesome and incredible. But I'm asking some of you guys to look at your, I'm asking you to do some self-reflection today. I just sense, I I just I could sense the tension in the room. And so I just, it just got real. And so I want to let you know, take a deep breath. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna make it through. The greatest men of God in this scripture struggled with hurts, habits, and hangups. Elijah, God, come do something incredible. And we find Elijah last week running. God, I'm not doing this. I am tired. That song says, I'm tired of running. God says, I, I, I'm, you, you're, you're, you're not done, Elijah. You were made for, you were made for more. And we're going to find a guy by the name of Moses today, an icon in the scriptures, a guy that had great faith, a guy that was a great leader. But where we're going to see him at today is he's struggling with his insecurities. He's struggling with his hurt, habit, or hang up. So if you're here today and say, oh, I, I don't have one, we all have one their greatest leaders in America, the greatest leaders that have ever lived in the scriptures, they had a hurt, habit, or hangout. We all are built with them. And if we're not built with them, eventually we catch on to them and we develop them and we hang on to them. And Moses is gonna find freedom. Moses is gonna find freedom in this text right here. Exodus chapter four, verse one, the Bible says this, but Moses protested again. Moses is arguing with God, not a good idea, ever. But we can't point our fingers because what have we've all done? We've all argued with God before. God, I don't want to go to church today. God, I don't want to, that's a small one. I don't want to get up. Or God, I don't want to be, I don't want to serve God. I don't want to give my time. I don't want to give my talent. And I definitely don't want to give my treasure. We're really good at arguing with God. And some of us, we've built up a subconscious argument towards God. We don't have to argue with anymore. (laughs) We just do it. I told you guys, I never wanted to, I've always had a good reason why I don't need to fast. I've always had a good reason. I've always had a great reason. I had. I had a meal this week with my friend David. I've always I told him I've always had a good reason why I don't. And God's like, I'll, you need you need more of me, Wes. You're not full of me yet, Wes. You need more, you need more God, Wes. So Moses begins to argue with God. So if you've ever done that, good news, you are in good company. If you have an insecurity or hurt how to hang up, don't worry, you're in good company because we all do, including myself. He says, What if they what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say, The Lord never appeared to you. God appeared to him and said, Moses, you were made for more. Now it's irrelevant for right now what God told Moses to do, but Moses, with with the same message that God gave Moses, he gives to you and I. The the thing that he gives is that you were made for something so much more. You were made for something so much more than to live in 60, 70, 80 years and dying and collecting uh, and, and, and retiring. You were made for something so much more. Your life can count for something so much more than that. So the Lord asked him, what is it what is that in your hand? The Lord asked Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, it's a shepherd's staff because I'm just a basic guy out here with my shepherd's staff. I can't do more because I'm just a basic, just your basic, basic person. I'm average. God says, throw that thing on the ground. So Moses threw that, threw that staff on the ground and it turned to a snake. And Moses jumped back and you would too because that's stinking weird. Throw your throw that stick on the ground, watch this, and God turns it into a snake, like a bibbity-bobbity-boo snake. Bam, and that's what we get. And Moses jumps back, like, "What in the? What have I got myself into?" I know what Moses is thinking. The same thing you're thinking. I'm okay with just knowing God. I don't need freedom. Knowing God is good enough. And then God shows up, and now He's doing God's doing these mad these magic tricks. Then the Lord told him, "Reach out and grab its tail." Deal breaker. If you said, God said, West, throw your iPhone on the ground and it turned into a snake, I could do that. That is no problem. But if God said, reach out and grab it by the tail, I'd be like, God, you, you reach out and grab it. It's your snake. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. You own that snake too. Reach out and you grab it. You grab it yourself. He said, grab it. Moses reached. But Moses did what you and I wouldn't do. He reached out and he grabbed it. That really isn't fair because it was very agricultural. These guys were outdoors. The 2019 Metro male is not gonna reach out and grab that thing. That's the point I'm trying to get across. You're not gonna see any dudes with skinny jeans on and Jordan's on, reach out and grab that. Just for that, I don't wanna offend anybody, but that's not gonna happen, all right? So Moses reaches down and he grabs it and it turned back into his staff in his hand. Pretty powerful. <clears throat> and then verse, God's trying to say to Moses, Moses, you're made for more and you're made to know me. And so I'm gonna show you more of me and I'm going to show you more of me, and I'm going to show you more of me. And God's doing the same thing for you and I in our lives. But get, there gets to a point where God, there's something where you get to the point where you hit a wall eventually in workouts. I was talking to a friend of mine about running a, a marathon the other day. Eventually, you hit what's called the wall. And I think sometimes we hit the wall in our spiritual journey, and it usually is somewhere around finding freedom. It's easy to know God. It's easy for Mike and I say, and Annie and all, all, these, all my friends in here that I work out, it's easy for us to get our, our gym bags and, and, and to get to the gym, but when you look at the workout, then you're like, "Holy!" Then the wall—you automatically hit a, an invisible wall. Like, dang, I got to do that. God, I want to follow you. I want to know you, God. But you want me to do—you want me to do that, God? You want me to want me to help them? You want me to give my time, my talent, my church? You want me to—you want me to help build a church? You want me to reach more people? You want to—you want me to help depopulate hell, God? I don't. I don't. You want me to fix myself, God? I don't know that I can do I think I think you've asked me for way too much, God. And that's what Moses is saying. So you're in good company. I don't think I can do that. Moses said, let's keep on, let's keep on going. My friend's here today. She said, I told my mom I'm, I'm fasting Facebook for 21 days. My mom said, you can't do that. Well, if someone tells you you can't, that's the reason why you ought to do it sometimes. That's just freebie. If someone ever tells you you can't, just say, you're right, I can't. But with God, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. <laughs> my job. I got this. So let me keep on reading cuz I got a lot more to go. I got plenty of time though. I'm tracking good. So he says here he did that. So then he says verse 5, he performed this sign the Lord told him. Then they will he says hey, when you get to the people, perform this sign the Lord told him. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. They'll really know that you know God. Verse 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Now put your hand inside your jacket. I wore a jacket last week. And my wife said, did your hand get stuck in there? It kind of did. And so if that bothered you last week, it bothered a lot of the people, so you're in good company. But he says, put your hand in your pocket. Okay? So Moses put his hand in his pocket. His hand was white as snow. When he pulled it out again, it says, his hand was white as snow with a severe skin disease. Sounds like a bad deal. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in his jacket. And when he took it out again, it was healthy as the rest of his body. Now, this, if, you're, if you're a human in here today, you realize this is freaking weird. Put your hand in your jacket. Cool. It's good. Comes out. It's white as snow. Like, it's, it's put it back in, and it's disease. White as snow. Disease. White as snow. Like, this is where He goes, this is weird. So he says, do that, verse 7. In verse 8, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, if they do not believe you, And they're not convinced by the first miraculous sign. They will be convinced by the second sign. Like if they didn't believe you then, they will believe you now. And so you would think Moses is gonna say, all right, God, I am made for more. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do exactly what you told me to do. But the plot thickens. And if they don't believe you or listen to you, even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and then take the water and pour it on the dry ground. And when you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. Man, you're like, Wes, you gotta preach out the Old Testament more often because there's some wacky stuff in there. He says, do this and then it's gonna, you'll see what'll happen. And Mo, So three, you think three times he's in. Got it. But not for Moses. Moses said to God, here's his insecurity. I'm not very good with words. I'm not a good speaker. I can't get in front of, I can't get in front of anybody. I'm not good at I'm not good at serving. I'm not good at I'm not good at using my talents. I'm not good at I'm not good at giving. I'm not good at helping other people. I'm not good at loving people. I'm not good at encouraging people. I'm not good at I'm not good at being a joyful. I'm not good at being a joyful person. I've never been and I'm not going to now. Even though you've spoken to me, he goes, "I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled." I can't relate with that. He goes, "I don't You want me to go lead a nation? And I failed public speaking. I can't do this. I can't do this. In our house, we weren't allowed to use the word I can't. It was either soap in her mouth or spanking. Today that's child abuse, but look how good I turned out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Those were my options. If you said I can't, it was a miserable, miserable experience. All Everyone who's old school is like, that's good, we gotta bring that back. I'm with you. He says, I, I'm just not good at what you're asking me to do. He says in verse 12, now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. And Moses is so soft. This, it gets better. Moses again said, God, please, send anyone else but me. Does that sound familiar? A friend of mine said last week, you talked about fasting last week. And she goes, I went at home and I sat on my couch for an hour. And I was like, can I even do this? Can I even do this? Do I even want to do this? That's a, that's a good thing to ask God. Do, do, I want, do you want me to do this, God? Do you, want me to, do you want me to have more of you, God? Do you want me to spend more time with you? It's, it seems very simple, but it's very easy for us to say, God, we can't do this. This is hard. This is hard. I was telling a friend of mine, they're like, oh, this is so hard. I'm like, the cross for Jesus was hard. And they're like, oh, God's done so much for us, but we, we have such a hard time doing so little for him. Could you imagine if he asked us for 90% and instead of 10%, you're like, "Then I wouldn't do anything." I'd be like, "Forget it. It's way too hard." Could you imagine like think I, I, my personality type is like, "I was what about what if he flipped the script on us? What if we didn't have to go to church an hour and 10 minutes a day? Hour and 10 minutes a week. What if we what if we only worked an hour and 10 minutes but we had to go to church the other 100 and something hours a week?" And you're like, oh, "That's way too hard." <laughs> What if he flipped it? Like the things that he, he, he's done so much, but he asked for so little from us. I think, I think, and again, this is not religious relationship. So if you think it's hard, then it's hard. If you think it's easy, then you think it's easy. But I don't think he's asked that much from, he hasn't asked that much for me, but maybe for you, you're like, man, what he's asked me for is impossible. So we'll, let's keep on going. Verse 13, he goes, Lord, please, 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 please. Verse 14, then the Lord became, the Lord got angry with Moses. There you go. All right, he said. What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you right now. Here's a sign. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with both of you as you speak. And I will instruct you both in what to do. You need help, go get your brother. You're soft. Like, you can't do this alone. Here's your brother. Aaron's gonna be your spokesperson to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place, you will stand in the place of God for him and you tell him what to say. Now Moses, I don't really know, I don't really know a lot about Aaron but Aaron didn't have the same calling that Moses had. Moses had a call in his life and what I wanna encourage you today, I believe in this room today, every single one of us have a call in our life and the calling is that we were made to do more. We were made for something so much more. We were made to know God. We were made to know, find, we were made to find freedom. God's made us for that. But for, for some reason, God, God could have just used Aaron, but he didn't use Aaron. He wanted to use Moses. Now Moses didn't have the same heart. Moses didn't have the same heart that Aaron had. And I know that because God says, all right, Moses, you're going to go with Aaron. But God, but God, whatever I tell you, Moses, then you tell Aaron, and Aaron's going to tell him. Because Aaron t- God could have told Aaron and could have skipped the process. Why do we need a middleman? We don't need a middleman. He says, we don't need a middleman. He goes, man, I want to just go directly to him. But he says, you will stand in the place of God and you tell him what to say. And take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. Aaron can't do the miracles and Aaron doesn't have the word from God. He doesn't have the staff. He doesn't have the jacket trick. Only you have that trick. Only, only thing Aaron can do is just speak. So I'm going to put the words in your mind, put the words in your heart and you tell Aaron what to say. Deal. I was reading that passage of scripture today, and it was like, and, I, and I, I was so troubled by it. I was frustrated by it because I'm like, God, you are wasting time, effort, and energy. My wife's insecurity or one of her struggles is that she doesn't like to make decisions. And if she makes them, it takes her a couple of years to make those decisions. Me, I like to ready, shoot, and then aim. She likes to ready, aim, 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 and then eventually, some point, she fires. That's the way that she kind of operates. And so I, sometimes my wife will say, hey, what do you think about this? Debbie and Diana are working on this thing um, for, the, for the city. They've, they, they're, they're, they're thankful that we're pouring into this. So this school wants to nominate us as a, as a church that actually does something for the city, which I'm like, yes, no problem. And they're working on this thing. She's like, hey, let me read this thing to you. Like, I don't want you to read this thing to me. I trust you. I trust David. Why are we take, why is it taking two people to do one thing? And I'm looking at God. I'm like, God, why wouldn't you just tell Moses to fix your speech? Why wouldn't you tell Moses, man, to have greater faith in me? And so the reason why, to me, the reason why this is in this passage of Scripture in your day is because God wanted to bring freedom to Moses. He really did want to bring freedom to Moses. And so he gave him a little bit of a way out. And the way that he gave him a way out was through another person. And so what I want to share with you today is that you need other people in your life. You're like, man, do you say that every month? No. I say it every week. You need people in your life. I've woken up. Every single day this week at 6 a.m. and at 6.30, hop on a Facebook live video, and I leave full. My stomach is hungry, but I leave full spiritually because I need other people in my life. And so I want to give you a couple things about freedom today because you were made to live in freedom. You were made to live in freedom. Every single one of you guys were made to live in freedom. Every single one of you guys. There isn't one person here today that doesn't need freedom. We all need freedom in our lives. Every single one of us, you were made to live in freedom. The reason why I know that you were made to live in freedom is because the Bible tells me if the sun sets you free, then you're free. If God's given you freedom, then you're, you should be free. But I see a lot of people, God's given us freedom, but they're still in bondage. It's weird. It makes no sense. I'm going to give you freedom. It'd be, take, take, for, take this in your mind today. It'd be like going to the jail cell, to, to, the, to the prison, local prison, and telling a guy he's free. Like, hey, you're, you're free. No, no more. You're, you're, everything's been taken care of. Someone's going to take your place. So the guy comes out, and the guy that takes his place goes in there, and he walks out, and he keeps the same suit on that he had on in prison. That's going to be alarming for all parties involved. He comes into church. I'm like, hey, this is my friend. He's going to be on dream team. He's going to serve in the kids area. <laughs> there will be mass exodus. Be like, ah, no, we're good. We our, well, our kids will sit with us, <laughs> right, Dave? Like, just, I'll watch them. We're good. We don't need the kid servers. Like, we, we don't need it. Or be him goes go going to, and walk around with his handcuffs on and his legs. On. He, he's still walking in freedom. And I say that to you, Dave, and you say, "Well, that sounds so silly, Wes." But I see so many people. They know God, but they don't really have a whole lot of freedom. There's a whole lot, there's a whole lot of knowing God, but there's a whole there's a whole lot of bondage also walking around with our hands cuffed. And our legs cuffed in the same old clothes, in the same old clothes. The Bible says that you were clothed in righteousness. The Bible says that God has broken the chains that you used to be. And why are we carrying the chains around? Or the chains being broken off, by us taking the chains and throwing them on our shoulder and walking around with chains? Yeah, I'm free. Why do you have? Why are you walking around with chains on? Oh, I just want, I want to remind myself of where I came from. I'm okay that you're reminding yourself where you came from, but you can see the chains when you get back home again. But I mean, so many people, they're locked in, and they're tied into their bondage, to their hurt, their habit, or hang up. Now, I told you mine is mine's performance. I'm always trying to perform. I'm always trying to perform. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I like to be around people. I love being around people. Sometimes I wonder if that's from a, I, Sometimes I wonder if that's from a place of insecurity. I don't don't like to be, I don't like, maybe my thing is my my hang up is loneliness. So I I don't hang out with people because I love it. Maybe I hang out with people because I don't like being alone. So I always have that tension. I'm like, man, what is it, God? What are you trying to, what are you trying to tell me? I know this. I didn't grow up in a perfect home. I know that for sure. You can write that down. And if we have coffee, I can explain what that looked like. I knew I didn't grow up in a perfect home. So I know I've got some of the things in me that I know I've got some hurts some habits some hangups, but I've, a lot of, in a lot of my ways I just I keep. the more I pursue God, the more I can have some freedom in my life. Some of you guys in here today just, just hit me. some of you guys you're, you're hurt how hang up. You love? Some of you guys can get mad at me or not. You love control. <laughs> you love control. You love control. It's your thing. I love control. It's your thing. The problem with that is this, it's contrary to this Bible. It's contrary. So sometimes it's like, yo, I got all the control in my life. I got all the control. I got all the control. I got all the control. I I control everything. I control everything. That's awesome, but you're not spirit led. And I'd rather be spirit led and have no control than have lots of control and not be spirit led. That's what he's called us to He's called us to live lives that are spirit led and spirit full. And so we have all the confidence in the world. Look, I'm confident, man. I'm confident. I'm confident in my control. I got all the seeds. I'm confident I got the control. People are committed to me, but we're not spirit led. We can't do what God's called to do because we have all the control. For us to do what God's called to do, we'd have to relinquish control. You're like I don't want to do that. I'd rather. I'd rather not. I'd rather not. I'd rather just keep it. I'd rather keep it to myself. So here's what I here's what I've learned from this text today. Now, if that makes you mad today. Quasi okay with it because I want to preach the Bible to you. I want to preach the Bible to you. I sit in my office. I call guys and I work on a, I work on marketing plans. I work on scaling the church. Can I tell you the best thing we've ever done for this church? That took me three years, three and a half years. The best thing I ever done was this twenty one days of prayer and fasting. It's the best thing I've ever. It's the best thing we've ever done. The absolute best thing we've ever done in this church. Easter. We're going to double attendance. It's going to be awesome. Christmas every year, year over year. We're bigger year over year. That's great. Now, we'll continue to market. You'll see a billboard go up this week because we want everyone to know there's a church in Winter Garden that loves Jesus and loves people. In a few more weeks, you're going to see another billboard go up. You're going to start seeing more. You're going to see more Facebook ads. You're going to see us more places. You are going to see us more places because we want people to know. People don't know about us. We want people to know there's a church here. Making a difference, connecting people to God. But here's what we know: there's a bunch of people there who don't know God, and they don't have any freedom. And we want to be the church that we want to be. We want to connect them to our God that can help them do that. But here's what I know: you can't find freedom alone. That's the whole premise of this text here today. You're not going to find freedom alone. It's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, I, I don't know where, if you want to start, where you want to start at, if you want to go old school, Old Testament, New Testament, but I can't show you a leader in the Bible who doesn't have a right hand, right hand man. David had Jonathan. I mean, I just, I mean, David was a, was a great leader, but he had Jonathan. That, that's who he had. Elijah in the Old Testament. God's last week, God said, hey, you, you're, you can't do this alone. Go get Elisha. Go get Elisha. Go, go! you're made for more, get out of here. But you can't, clearly you can't do alone. Go get Elisha. Mary had Martha. Martha had Mary. One step further, Jesus, he he. Did. I don't think this is blasphemy. You can argue with me if you want, but Jesus needed people to get through life with. We had two really close people, God the Father and he had the Holy Spirit. That's kind of like cheating. But beyond that, Jesus had the disciples. We know that we know that he had 12, and we know that one took off. I think that's a good number. You ought to have 12 friends. But we know that one, one, but by the way, if you have 12 friends, one's going to deny you, by the way. Just, one's going to deny you, and one's going to, he's going to sell you out. So like, just know that those, that's what those guys did. But we know that he had Peter, James, and John. We know that he had three closer people know that john says that john was his favorite disciple so that we had, we had we had 12 and then we had peter james and john they had three and then the bible records says that well, he had john john was the one that he loved john was the one that he spent the most amount of time with i just want to encourage you today if you're doing life alone you'll never find all the freedom that god has for you you can have spurts of freedom you can have parts of freedom partial freedom but you won't have full freedom. I can stand here today confidently on God's word. And this word says that you, you can't find freedom alone. You've heard me say it a thousand times. I didn't put on the notes today because you're probably sick of me here, but Genesis chapter one, verse 26, the Bible says that God said, let us make Gabe, Jibilisco, West Beecham. Everyone's going let us make man in our image. Let me make Dukes in our image. What is their image? Why is the word our there? The word our there is because God's a trinity. God's relational. He himself and his being is relational. He made you relational. The only way to find freedom is to be in relationship. Uh, let me go one step further, since you, in case you didn't like the Jesus John thing. Jesus would have never lasted 40 days in the wilderness without the Holy Spirit. Never would have. The Holy Spirit kept on saying to him, You're going to make it. You feel hungry, but the reward is so much greater. Hang in there. You're going to make it. You can do this. You were made for more. Jesus, Holy Spirit was telling Jesus, hey, you were made for more. You were made for more. Holy Spirit said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, your dad, God told me to tell you, you're made for more. You're made for more. When I sit with people on the regular, all I'm telling them is this: You were made for more. You can do this. You can do this. Why do I want people to be on the dream team? So I can team up with them, let them know, hey, you were made for more. You can do this. You were made for this. Why do I want people in groups? Because I want to get people in groups around some people that say, man, you were made for this. You were made for this. You were made for something. You were made for more. You're made for more. Um, I, uh, this, is, this has brought a lot of tension for me this text because I know so many people who don't have freedom I'm around them and I want them to have that freedom and I'm hanging there long enough for them to say hey what do you think how do you, th- you think I'm doing am I doing okay what do you think you're around me like all the time like, you think i'm okay am i okay and i sit in that tension a lot because i i know a lot of people it's it's the, here's the tension i know debbie probably i know debbie really really well <clears throat> and i could say i would say anything i wanted to, to debbie anything i wanted to i i've known debbie a lot less than i know danielle but the way danielle presents herself and the way she's around me family, i think i could say whatever i wanted to danielle she would receive that well. This kid right here, I would tell him, I would say, dude, you are missing it. You are missing it. You're not hitting the ball of the park. I would tell him that in a heartbeat. But it's, it's hard to do that with everybody. And I'm not going to do that. But here's the tension I find myself. If I wasn't 100% sure if I could say that to him, I would be so nervous because what I want to do is sometimes when you go to people and you want to love them. and you think you're loving them. What love to some people, what you may think is love, they may think as a stiff arm. They may think you're pushing them away. They may think you come to say, "I love you. you." They may hear you saying, "You're not good enough. You don't have. You're not, you're not made for more. You're not good. You don't have it." And so I risk myself a lot of times. I just don't say things sometimes. And, and I'm not saying this is for me. Maybe for you, you don't say things sometimes because you're like, if I say something, then they may they may feel it as a stiff arm. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna help. I'm going to help you today, and help me. <clears throat> Let's be the kind of people that invite the advice, that invite, that invite the people to help us. Why don't we just invite people into doing that? Why don't we? Why, why don't we be the? Why don't we be the kind of person that we'd want to? That we'd want to approach? Why don't we just be? Hey, man. I, Dude, we're pretty close. What do you, how do you think I'm doing, man? You think I'm doing okay? I mean, how do you think my marriage is doing? What do you, what do you think about that? How's that, how's that going? How's, that, how do you think I, do you think I'm, am I, am I okay? Hey, I mean, I'm really struggling right now. I'm really struggling with this. Do you think I should? Is this, am I, am I doing this wrong or, is this my insecurity? Like, have some people like that. Be that, be that, for some people. So, um. You're made, you're made to find freedom. I'm, I'm like just trying to have like a coffee talk with you. And a lot of times I'm just, I'm better at coffee shops than I am up here, but I just want you to know that you're made for something so much more. You're made to know God and you're made to, to find freedom. And that happens at prime level if you have some people in your life. I don't know Mike at all, but I know this about Mike in the gym. I like going. I like, I like the I like the pushing, and, and the and the motivation that I get from Mike in the gym, and that helps me in the gym. But the gym is only an hour of my life. I need if I have that in the gym. Don't, how much more do I need it outside the gym? And the on the every single day people say, Hey man, how are you? Are you okay? Do you are you are you struggling? Like just some people that can just that you're not afraid to just be you around. That can come to your house, sit at your table, eat your food, and just, just be real with. It. That's the kind of church you want to be a part of. If that's the kind of church you want to be a part of, that's the kind of people that we have to be. We gotta be those kind of people.